I don't know if you've been recording all of this. Uh, if you did anything that was said nice about me, delete that. Just keep the other stuff. But uh, but but let me just uh, let me just get into this because this is my last lesson on this guy, this interior. And then we're gonna we're done. Starting February, we're on to something new. So I'm combining this with Sunday school, by the way. So I'm not gonna teach two different lessons for the next year. I'm gonna stick with the life of Jesus because our Sunday school book is on the life of Jesus for night for 2023. And I'm going to make all the sermons on the life of Jesus. That way you guys don't have to study two different subjects on Sundays. That we'll all be on the same page. We'll just, mi we'll just migrate right from Sunday school into, into the, the Sunday morning service. So this guy, this centurion, this centurion was, I'm, staying, I'm kind of staying back because I'm not wearing a mask so I can be able to, to project a little better. So I don't want to get too close to you guys and, and uh, spray you. But I just want to just say that this centurion has been just a special study for me because, listen, listen, I think he's teaching us how to get great faith, amazing faith, ever-increasing faith. So let me just read just a little, because we're going to just talk about authority, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down. So let me just read just a little bit of the story, of the account, rather, just to get you up to date. Starting at Luke chapter 7, verse 1, after he had finished all of his saints, this is Jesus, and the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion, the King James Version says, a certain centurion, I like that, had a servant who was sick and at the point of death and who was highly valued by him. So step number one, to get great faith, guys, to get amazing faith, the first thing you need to do is be compassionate. Show compassion. Show empathy and sympathy for others. Amen? Look out for other people. Your grandfather was great at that, Justin. Look out for other people. Always think about others and not just yourselves. Amen? That's just so important with Jesus because he could have just hung out and did things. He could have called 10 legions of angels to defend him when he was being attacked by certain ones. And he chose to reserve or not exercise that prerogative, but to stay within his humanness, his 100% humanity, and balance that with his 100% divinity. What a, what a juxtaposition. What a... I, don't, I will say challenge because I'm sure Jesus had no problem doing it, but he was God and man, and he was 100% of both. And he shows us that. He shows us that here. So verse 3 says, when the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews asking him to come and heal the servant. By the way, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. That's what we want to be. We want to be hearers. Endures. Once again, I'm referring to Pastor Meek a lot, but that was the theme of the church. That impressed me when I came to the church and saw that the church was about James 122. That's why our website is james122.org. I made everything about what Pastor Meek started. The beginning of this, this ministry was about hearing and doing. We don't want to just be consumers. We all, I, I, I love what Deanna said earlier this week about when you see, hear the word content, and, and uh, I think it was... It, no, it was, it was um, yeah, content and content. The word is spelled exactly the same, right? Content, C-O-N-T-E-N-T, -E -E spelled exactly the same. But when you hear it, when you read it, rather, do you think of content that is consuming something or content? Depends on where you put the emphasis 
on the on the which syllable do you put the emphasis on? Is it on content or is it on content? You know, content is about acquisition. I want stuff. I want to consume. Give me, give me, give me. I need more stuff, more content. Content is about I'm satisfied with what the Lord has given me. I'm satisfied. Remember that song? I'm satisfied in Jesus. That's a great song. I'm satisfied in Jesus. So we want to be content. So hearing and doing, it goes on to say in verse uh, 5, uh, verse 4, and when G and he came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, he is worthy for you to have him do this for him, for you to do this for him. For he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them when he was not far from the house. By the way, do you notice how, wait, 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 do you notice how Jesus doesn't correct them? Did you guys catch that? Uh, to me, it's, it's, it's addition by subtraction. I see it because it's not there. He said, he didn't say, he didn't say, dude, wait a minute. No one is worthy. I ain't got to heal nobody. <laughs> he wouldn't have used my language. That wouldn't have been the right. He wouldn't have said, I ain't got to heal nobody, but he ain't got to heal nobody. <laughs> this dude, I don't care. Yeah, he built y'all, y'all synagogue. He loves your nation. He's a great you know, a benefactor and a donor to Jewish causes, but that don't mean I got to heal him, right? So I guess what he's saying is, I um, guess what I'm saying to you guys is, don't think that just because you do, don't try to extort a blessing from God. Don't try to do good in order to get good. Don't think that because you've been coming to church four weeks in a row and you gave $30 a month and your offerings that God owes you something, right? If you gave $300,000, which, by the way, we could use when we build our own building. <laughs> but if you gave $300,000 <laughs> and you donated a church to BBC, and boy, we would so much thank you. The thing is, the thing, <laughs> the thing is, Amen. the thing is, is that even if you did that, it wouldn't entitle you or me to a special blessing from God. God just doesn't roll that way. He gives stuff to people that don't deserve it and seems to hold back from people that, quote, unquote, think they do deserve it. I'd rather think I don't deserve it. Not just so that I can get his blessings. I'd rather think I don't deserve it because, well, I don't deserve it. <laughs> I, I am a product of grace and mercy. All y'all, whether you think it or not, you're here because of grace and mercy. Amen, amen. I was taking, I was taking my grandkids home yesterday from, from Mark Jr.'s basketball game. By the way, he had a really good game. I don't know if he's listening, but I think he had like a triple-double. But he had a really great game. So I'm taking the grandkids home, and I'm coming down Lakeshore. Uh, over by Mark and Bacara's house, and I'm getting in the lane to turn on the 262nd Street, which is Mark Street, and this other car on Lakeshore going eastbound gets into the center lane and just starts coming right toward me head on. Guy is moving. He's definitely over the speed limit, which is just 35 miles an hour. And I'm thinking like, okay, do I stay here? Maybe he's going to stop. Do I stay here? Maybe he's going to turn left. Or do I stay here and get smashed? Or do I get back in the other lane? 
Well, there was a car coming back in the lane that I had just vacated. So I sped up a little, which got me closer to the guy and cut back over to my lane. The guy just went on by, just blew by me. I'm thinking like, Lord, that could have been it right there. I wouldn't have been here this morning. I mean, that's true. Even if I would have survived the head-on collision going at it like 35 miles an hour plus, I'm sure we would have been shaken up. It would have at least deployed the ridiculous airbag that usually puts you in the hospital just for reconstructive face surgery because it's just, you know, I don't know if you've ever been hit in the face with an a airbag, but I hear I haven't been, but I've seen pictures of people that have been, and it's just brutal. But I'm thinking, like, that's grace and mercy. That, you know, we start thinking about, well, God hasn't done this for me. Or I don't have a new car or a new house or a new job or a new promotion or a wife or a husband or, or a degree or a good job. You, you, may, or, or my, you may think of all the things that you don't have and say, God, why haven't you come through for me? But what about the things that he's done for you that you don't even know about? You know, we say, Lord, when we testify, I mean, we used to testify, Lord, I thank you for keeping me from danger, seen and unseen. It's that latter part that you got to really focus on. What about what he's blessed you with that you haven't seen? I kind of think when we get to heaven, the guy's going to sit down and say, you know, by the way, let me just show you a couple of things. Remember this back in 68, and you thought I had forgotten about you because the kids were making fun of you at school? By the way, watch this video. And boom, he protected you because you didn't see that had you done this, you were going hit to get hit by a bus walking home. You thought you missed the senior prom because you couldn't get a date, but God was keeping you from a fatal car accident that you never saw coming. Amen, amen. Just on and on and on. God's intervention, our guardian angels that are round about us. Andre Crouch wrote a song, got me some angels all around me, protecting me from things I can't even see, much less I don't even know how to pray for something that I don't know is happening. How do you know how to pray for something that hasn't occurred? We usually pray retroactively. Oh, I hurt my leg. Lord, please heal my knee. Well, okay, you got a pain in your knee, but how do you pray for something that hasn't happened? You know, how do you pray for the Lord to keep you from a blood clot that you don't even have right now? But God does. God does. That's what this young man, I don't know, young, old, whatever he was. I, I read that most centurions were between the ages of 20 and 30, so that's young by my standards. Where this young man got this revelation at is just mind-boggling to me. I'm almost done. He says, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. So here's uh, item number three for getting great faith, humility. We need compassion. We need hearing and doing. And we need humility. Humility is... Humility is... Being able to do something, but choosing not to do it because it's the better choice. 
Humility is having the right. You know how the Bible says that we, um, that the Bible says that, um, that uh, we can, we, we can um, be, have the right to do something, but, but not exercise it. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Um, but it, it basically, it boils down to, it boils down to, um, it boils down to having the ability to do something, but choosing not to do it. I, I, Paul was discussing the law. He was discussing the law. He said, oh, yeah, here's what it was. He said that we have the right to eat meat, but we choose, but we, uh, we choose not to. That, we, that the law says that we, that we can, but he says that even though I have the right to do something, it's, it's, it's lawful. There, there it is. It's lawful. Help me out, Reg. It's lawful but not expedient. Right. Some things can be lawful. Humility is having the, the right or the law standing to do it, but not doing it because it's not expedient. It's not the best thing. I'm choosing to be, I'm choosing to take a back seat. I'm choosing not to exercise my right, my privilege to do something, even though I have the right to do it, it's not the best thing to do. It's not expedient. It doesn't honor God. It doesn't glorify God. Isn't that beautiful, Sister Fanny? It's, it's basically taking the attitude that I'm not going to do something. Even though I have the right to go after you, I could sue you, I could harm you, I could ridicule you, I could character assassinate you, I could write all kinds of things bad about you. I'm not going to retaliate. Even though I'm lawfully within my right to do it, I'm not going to do it because it's not expedient. It doesn't advance the cause of Christ. It doesn't make Jesus look better. It doesn't make Jesus famous, Gloria White. It doesn't make Jesus the head of your life because you're bringing him into a bad light by going down into a dark place. Boy, that's just... I'm just, this guy is just, this guy is one of my heroes. You know, I always say I want to see David. I know Rosie would want to see Abraham first. You get to heaven. First of all, when I get to heaven, I want to see Jesus, number one. And if, 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 if Marie is not already there, I want to see my mother. I want to see others. And, but, but you know what? I want to see this dude. First of all, I want to know his name. We only know you by centurion. What was your what was your mother's given name to you? Because dude, you are amazing. You taught us, I'm gonna tell him, back in 2023, you taught us for the first month of the year how to give great faith. Because <laughs> this guy is absolutely worth studying. He teaches us about compassion. He teaches us about hearing and doing. And by the way, Acts 26, 20 defines hearing and doing as the true definition of Christianity. He says, show your repentance by doing the works that are of repentance, That's, that exhibit repentance. Read it, Acts 26, 20. It's amazing. Okay, and then the third thing he shows us, I'm sorry, was humility. The fourth thing he shows us, we discussed last Sunday, listen, this is a little ad hoc review I'm doing right here of the last four weeks. He says in verse 7, Therefore I did not presume to come to you, but say the word, and let my servant be healed. So there's power in a word. He knew, he understood compassion, he understood hearing and doing, he understood humility, and he understood the power of the word. Logos. 
Rhema. Logos, the written word. He understood the power of the written word. And he also understood the power of what David said in Psalms 119, hiding thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The active word, the rhema. And then finally, finally, we come to today's word. Today's word is authority. Today's word is authority. Isn't that a great word? Authority. We kind of have a problem with authority sometimes. That's right. That's right. I'm looking at all y'all. I'm looking at Jessica. Don't be drinking no water right now. You need to listen to me. Y'all have a problem with authority. Mary, don't be grinning. I, behind that mask, I see your teeth. You grinning. You have a problem with authority. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We all have a problem with authority at times, right? I, I, let, me just, let me just give you a quick example. The other day, the other day I was at work. Justin, you probably know where I was at. I was at City Hall, Richmond Heights. And one of the people there told me um, that I needed to do something. And Richmond Heights, under the last mayor administration, hired another IT company. I mean, I'm already the IT company of record. I have a contract with the city. I'm not saying this to disparage in Richmond Heights. I have contracts with other cities. Used to have a contract with Justin City until he kicked me out. But there are other cities that I've had a contract with to do IT work. So the other mayor, who I won't name his name, David Roach, was, <laughs> was, the, was the mayor of you listening, Dave. I love you, man. Uh, actually, I don't. But no, actually, I do. <laughs> the other mayor hired another company under me. I mean, not under me, while I'm already on contract. He just brought them in and said, you know, we're going to have two IT companies. So, you know, you know they, say, they say like when you have two of something, you don't have none. Uh, so sometimes people are calling me to do work. Sometimes they're calling the other IT company. So I was called to do something. And before I could do it, the other IT company did it. And so I could have. You know, first of all, my kind of flesh kind of rose up because it was a project that I was working on, and now he changed the passwords, he changed the credentials. I can't get into the systems. I'm seething to myself. I didn't say this to any of the clients, keeping my witness intact to the best I can. And, uh, and then something came to me. This came to me, this lesson. So that's why I'm with Justin. If only one person gets blessed in my ministry, I'm really okay with that, as long as at least that one person is me. And I was blessed. I was ministered to by my own teaching. This it came to me, dude. That's pride on your part. Your feelings are hurt. You're 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 upset because they stepped on your toes. You didn't get to do your job, and so you're 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 angry because your pride is wounded. Because you wanted to finish the project, and they changed the passwords and locked you out. And I thought about this. I said, you know what? I could go to the mayor and make a stink. I could go to the city council president and make a stink. 
I could really write some nasty letters, which would not do anything but hurt your reputation, Lord, you know, by virtue of me. I could do that, but I'm not because, you know what, that I need to show, I need to show humility. That is the, the ability to do something, but choosing not to do it because it's more expedient not to do it. And the Lord's word ministered to me, and I said, you know what, I'm not going to do anything. That's fine. They did this. All right. I can't change that. They're under contract too. And, and, I, and I said, you need to learn to be more humble. You need to learn to be more submissive. And don't try to exercise all your rights because you can. And it was so instructive to me. I was just so moved by that. And I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you, because this is not that big of a deal to be fighting over. So what? Somebody else got the job and I didn't. So yeah, he took money off my table. That's one less peanut butter and jelly sandwich that I get, that he gets. But that's okay. You know what? I'll get another shot, right? The Lord will provide, right? And so it was just, wow, it was so enlightening. You don't have to fight every battle. You don't have to get into armed combat or verbal combat every time someone does you an injustice or a disservice. So what? We're going to get mistreated sometimes. We're going to get overlooked sometimes. Sometimes we're not going to get the job. Sometimes we're going to get dismissed from the job. Sometimes we're not going to get a raise. Sometimes we're not going to get paid at all. So what? God is better. God is bigger. God is greater. It was humbling, and I'm so happy about it because I have a better attitude now. I have a better attitude. I'm not saying that it won't happen again, but at least I'm armed now. I'm armed with this experience that just be humble. Let the Lord work it out. Don't try to fight every battle. So authority is just something. What this guy was saying was that, Lord, you don't need to come to my house because I understand how authority works. When you have authority, you don't need to be there to do everything. You can give words, and your words are carried out by subordinates, by coworkers, by people that report to you, by soldiers. And so the, the, the centurion understood, well, look, I have a, a simple concept of authority because I answer to, by, by, by the way, let me just give me just two more minutes. I answer to a, a cohort. Here's how, the, here's, how, here's how it worked. A century was 100 men. A centurion was over the century. The century was typically 100 men. Sometimes it would get down to 80. Sometimes it would get up to 120. There were 10 centuries in what's called a cohort. C-O-H-O-R-T. A cohort was a battalion of 10 centuries, and sometimes it would be more. And that would be like maybe 1,000 men. Well, then there were like five cohorts in what's called a legion. A legion, a Roman legion, was like five to 10,000 soldiers that would comprise a legion. And Rome had like several dozen legions of soldiers. So a centurion is, he has the lowest rank of the unlisted officers that, that he's over, 
But even at that, he's powerful because everything starts with the emperor or the, the king of, of Rome at the time, the, who would have been Caesar, all the way down to a centurion. So he's at the lowest level. So orders, say, from Julius Caesar down to him would have to go through like maybe five levels. But he understood how authority worked. I don't care where down the food chain it is, when it gets to me, I'm to carry out those orders. And then my 100 men carry out my orders as, if though, as though they heard it from Caesar Augustus. Okay? He understood that. So the centurion brilliantly put together, well, wait a minute. If the prime minister, if the emperor of Rome is telling me what to do, then my men follow what I tell them to do. If Jesus is God, then he doesn't have to worry about a chain of command. He can just tell my servant to be healed. He can be in Jerusalem, and my servant can be in Tokyo, but he's going to be healed because God has all authority. Amen, amen. Oh, my goodness. I tell you, that, that had to be, listen, that had to be an amazing revolution, revelation rather, revolutionary too, revolutionary thinking. You know, he's he talking about Rap Brown, the revolution won't be televised. That's revolutionary thinking right there. This won't be televised. This kind of thinking, this is just next level thinking. I don't know where he got it from, how he got it. I know, I know where Timothy got his from. His, his, his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice uh, taught him, where did this guy get this information from? It's just next level. He recognized authority. By the way, the Greek word for authority, and I'm, I'm going to close with this. I've been saying that, but I am. The Greek word of authority is ex, ex, exousia. It's spelled E-X-O-U-S-I-A. Why did I take the time to tell you that? Because the word is so key to this lesson. It means power of choice. It means liberty. It means the ability to do as one pleases. That's what exousia means. Exousia is authority in Greek, and Jesus had it. And here's what I think about. When Matthew 7, 28 came around, he said, the, the, these, the people around Jesus said, for he taught as one having what? Exousia, authority. The ability, watch this, the ability or the capacity to complete an action and do whatever one wants. That's the God we serve. And by the way, listen, listen, listen. He gives us authority, Lisa. He gives us authority, guys. He gives us authority, the authority to be overcomers, the authority to be free of sin, the authority to be believers and confident that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the dunamis. Here's that Greek word again, the power, the strength, the energy, the might that worketh in us. And that means, as I just quoted Ephesians 3.20, that means he's at work in us. He's doing something. Philippians 2 says that he's doing, he's working and uh, willing his good pleasure in us. That, sh that should be exciting because that should be exciting because Job realized 
after all that he went through, he said, I'm, I understand that no one can stop you, Job 42, verses 1 and 2. Uh, Matthew said, after he had listened to the people preach, he said, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Mark 1, 27 says, they were amazed and debated among themselves and said, he's teaching with authority, not like the scribes and Pharisees. By the way, what, what he meant there, I'm taking my papers to my seat. By the way, what they, what they meant was this. What they meant was this. When the scribes, elders, Pharisees, Sadducees, when these guys taught, when they stood behind the podium and taught, as it were, and actually they didn't, they would sit and everybody else would stand. Just the opposite of what we do. I'm standing, y'all sitting, you know, chilling, sleep, half sleeping, you know, exchanging notes, uh, drinking water. Uh, but, but I'm talking about you, Jessica. No, just kidding. Jessica said, how did I get into the sermon? Okay, so, so y'all sitting, and I'm saying, well, back then, as I told you this many times before, the teacher, the rabbi, would sit, and everybody else would stand. So they're standing around, and, and they're, they're listening to Jesus, and they're comparing Jesus to the other, like, say, Rabbi Hillel or somebody who was always quoting, watch this, other rabbis, other teachers, other books, other writings, other speeches. That's all they did was quote each other. Whereas Jesus, he spoke with this authority from heaven. And guess what? He wasn't quoting nobody. He was, he was pronouncing it as though it was from heaven's gate itself. It was God-like because it was God in the flesh. Amen? And so he's just telling them these things. They're saying, wow, this guy is blowing my mind. He teaches with such authority. He teaches with such energy. He teaches with, with such correctness. It just resonated in their spirits, coach, that this was right. They knew it was the truth. You know how you know when something is, when, you know how you can tell when someone's lying to you most of the time? You can also tell when someone is really convicted and passionate about what they're saying as the truth. You know, you can fool some of the people all the time and all the people some of the time, but you can never fool God. And hopefully you can never fool yourself, Right? Because that's really when you get in a bad place, when you, when you start fooling yourself, when you get, amen, amen, amen. you get to a point of being, what is it, reprobate, where you start believing your own lies. Don't ever get to that point. Always keep yourself in such a position where you can repent and confess your sins in 1 John 1, 9, so that you're not in a position where you start believing your own lies, and then you start rationalizing your behavior and trying to justify what you do. Don't ever let your sins get to that point. It's better to confess and ask the Lord to forgive you a hundred times a day than it is to start trying to justify your actions and say, well, the Lord understands, or this is okay. That's, that's condoning, that's, that's compartmentalizing, and you don't want to get to that point where you condition yourself to be able to accept less than holy behavior. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, Amen. we just thank you for Amen. your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege to study and to pray and to sing and to worship. Please be glorified in our service. May your people be edified as we strive to worship you every day, to be holy, to be pleasing, to be acceptable, Lord.
now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you.